This is Cole Zerman, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Warren, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick. We'll have updates from Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman as well. With a fresh surge of Arctic air, we're starting the day with extreme cold. According to Endon, the coldest temp overnight in the region has been an air temperature of 33 degrees below zero at Alamo, North Dakota. That's north of Williston. Fargo and Ada had overnight lows of minus 28. Grand Forks, 20 below zero. Langdon and Wadena, both at 15 below. Roseau dropping to 11 degrees below zero. Another round of snow is on the way late uh, tonight and into tomorrow, up to four inches of fresh snow is possible. Better than expected weekend rains in Argentina pressured the soybean market yesterday. World Weather Incorporated's senior ag meteorologist, Drew Lerner, says there is a slight pattern shift in Argentina's weather. Yeah, things are starting to look a little bit interesting there. We've been kind of waiting for this uh, for a while. We've been closely watching it. The upper air wind flow pattern seems to be reversing a little bit. Uh, they, For them uh, to have rain, they need a flow pattern where the upper air winds blow from northwest to southeast across Argentina, and that has been non-existent for months. Lerner says that change in airflow will bring more unsettled weather. So rain is expected to develop in the latter part of this week through the heart of our weekend, and we'll likely see at least some temporary relief. Now, by no means should we be interpreting this as drought-busting rains, but it will be another round of at least temporary relief. And then as we get into the period between Christmas and New Year's, for them, they will have some additional showers popping up. It's still not going to be real heavy soaking rains, but it will at least whittle down a little bit of this uh, moisture stress that they're dealing with. The details of the omnibus spending bill have been released in the Senate. The $1.7 trillion package includes $25 billion for discretionary agricultural spending. Senate Ag Appropriations Subcommittee Chair Dami Baldwin said this bill provides support for rural economic development, help to expand access to the Internet, and additional money for ag research. Action must be taken before the current continuing resolution expires on Friday. Used farm equipment sales have been setting record highs nearly weekly. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor has more. Equipment purchase conditions are not favorable for farmers looking to update their machinery line due to short inventory and high prices. Machinery Pete founder Greg Peterson says when it comes to purchase time, farmers should buy when they have the capital and the chance. So it's kind of a good news, bad news type thing. If you're thinking of selling a tractor or a combine or a planter, you're going to get, you know, you should get top of the market pricing. But if you have to replace it, that's the bad news because now you're going to have to pay that top of the market to get what you just sold. If you're retiring, it's Merry Christmas. If you're looking to buy, it's the thing is you, you need the iron you need to farm the land you farm. Things have changed since fall of 21. It got spooky with parts shortages. Farmers found out their dealers, oh, they don't have the excess of excess combine or planter if I get stuck or broke down. So what we started to see is more farmers buying equipment as a backup. Peterson says back orders of new equipment is still a common reality. 
they're still telling me that whether it's a planter or a tractor or field cultivator or whatever, I ordered it and they, they said I'd have it by September and now it's the end of December and now they're telling me X. So until that becomes not a thing, like I ordered it, got it, boom, then things smooth out. But the one area where there is excess supply, both of new and used, is if you get under 100 horse tractor. The only reason that you have more new sitting around and more used on the lot in that sector is because there's way more manufacturers. So you've got the Kubotas, the Coyotes, the Montanas, the Bransons, plus the Deer Case, New Holland. Uh, Whereas if you get into the big equipment, there just aren't as many players. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. West Fargo-based Titan Machinery has an agreement to buy five Case IH ag dealerships in southeastern Idaho. The deal is expected to be finalized in February. And Kosha in western North Dakota may have developed resistance to common pre-plant burn-down herbicides, including Sharpen and AIM. The study was conducted by NDSU. Weed scientist Brian Jenks says the potential loss of AIM and Sharpen as effective weed control will leave farmers with few remaining options. The Grand Fork City Council addressed three different value-added agriculture projects in their meeting last night. The Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States ruled last week it has no jurisdiction over the proposed Fufeng Corn Wet Milling Project. Grand Fork City staff have now been asked to compile additional information. The Council also authorized the city to work on a development deal with the proposed Epitome Energy Project and extended a letter of intent agreement with the Northern Plains Nitrogen Company for another six months. North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum has signed an executive order waiving the hours of service requirements for truckers hauling propane, gasoline, diesel fuel, and heating oil. The record-setting cold is causing significant demand increases and a smaller supply of these fuels, That waiver's in place for 30 days. An advisory group will be meeting Thursday to review a proposal for a land acquisition in North Dakota. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. The Nonprofit Corporation Land Acquisition Advisory Committee, formerly known as the Natural Areas Acquisition Advisory Committee, will meet Thursday to review a proposed land acquisition by the American Foundation for Wildlife. General Counsel and Senior Policy Advisor to the North Dakota Department of Agriculture, Dutch Bialki, says... The meeting will be uh, chaired by the Agriculture Commissioner, Commissioner Goring, and they will review the land acquisition proposal to determine whether or not it's in the interest of the uh, state of North Dakota. There's certain restrictions for nonprofits to take agricultural land out of production and put it into uh, like a wildlife trust or something of that nature. And whenever a nonprofit proposes to acquire agricultural land, they have to get approval by the governor. But the process before that is that the advisory committee is convened in order to provide a recommendation to the governor as to whether or not that would be permitted. Within five years, the land will be deeded to the North Dakota Game and Fish Department. The advisory committee will be comprised of technical experts, and Bielke says the property is currently owned by the Hecht family near Washburn, North Dakota. 
It's a 172-acre parcel of land. It's currently owned by the Hecht family, and they're in McLean County. It's the river bottom portion of Section 4, and it's about five miles south of Washburn, North Dakota. The advisory committee meeting is made of technical experts. For example, the director of the North Dakota Parks and Recreation Department, the state forester, the director of Game and Fish Department, also agricultural representatives from the Farmers Union, Farm Bureau, Stockman's Association, as well as the county board of commissioners from where the land is located. According to the proposal, the land will be used for flood reduction in the Painted Woods watershed. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. The Philippines have extended a reduction in tariff rates on food imports until the end of 2023. The lower rates were established in 2021 and were scheduled to expire here at the end of the month. The lower tariffs impact rice, pork, corn, and other food products. The tariff reduction is designed to address inflation. China has ended some of its more severe COVID restrictions. U.S. Meat Export Federation Vice President for the Asia-Pacific, Joel Haggard, says the move should help open new opportunities for U.S. red meat as the restaurant industry rebounds. What is interesting about this whole thing is that this dismantling has taken place at a time of huge uh, new surge in COVID cases because this is their first real wave. Overall, the direction is positive, but it's going to be bumpy over the next couple of months. We can already see that in cities like Beijing and Guangzhou, probably within a couple of weeks, they will have hit a peak. And so how this plays out to the economy is is still very difficult to predict. One factor that probably will supercharge the wave is the vast internal population movements that happened before the Chinese New Year. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending December 15th shows corn inspections at 743,000 metric ton. That's 43% more than the previous week, but 26% less than the same week last year. Soybean inspections at 1.6 million ton, down 14% from the previous week, 15% less than a year ago. Wheat inspections at 304,000 ton, 38% more than the previous week, 30% more than the same week last year. At the conclusion of the United Nations Biodiversity Conference, nearly 200 countries agreed to protect 30% of the world's land and water. This goal is to reach that total by 2030. The United States did not sign this U.N. agreement, but it set its own conservation goal of 30% back uh, in 2021. Helena agronomist Ben Wilson is based in Michigan and deals with many of the same crops grown in the Red River Valley. For sugar beets, that means similar issues with Cercospora leaf spot. What we've learned is really a regimented spray application sequence is 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 the way to go i mean yes we can monitor dsvs we can watch the weather um you know spraying prior to rain events is always a big deal tightening up your interval a little bit mixing your modes of action there's no doubt about that wilson does not expect to see many changes in the acreage mix in michigan we are seeing some some more wheat seeded this fall because it was a nice nice fall to get wheat plantings in and the prices are solid so i think you got you know you saw a pretty good wheat seeding uh driving contracts have been solid so i think people are going to stick with that with that plan um sugar beet acres are pretty well fixed um there's been a few more potato acres that have moved into michigan um but you know honestly we have so many feeders and you know the dairy industry the hog industry the poultry industry 
uh, we, we grind and feed a lot of corn. So we're not going to change our crop mix a whole lot up there just because it kind of is what it is. And Corteva AgriScience is eliminating 50 jobs at its Woodland, California facility. The company shut down production and business activities in Russia and already had enough sunflower production capacity in Europe for the EU market. Corteva will continue to produce parent seeds and partner with third parties to produce commercial sunflower seed in the United States. As we check in on the uh, markets for this morning, we have Minneapolis wheat as we speak four and three quarter down at 913. Uh, that's the March contract. The May contract, 907 and three quarters, five and a quarter higher. Chicago wheat down one and a quarter. KC wheat March five and a half higher. The March corn, one and a half higher, 648 and three quarters. January soybeans, three and three quarter higher at 1464 and a half. As we check in on the farm calendar, NDSU Extension has its Getting It Right in Soybean Production webinar today. That starts at 8.30. Uh, that's being done over Zoom. It'll end at noon today. They have a similar Getting It Right uh, virtual meeting for dry bean producers. That'll be held tomorrow. You can uh, go online or contact your county extension office for more details on those Getting It Right webinars. The Lake Region Extension Roundup will be held in Devil's Lake January 4th and 5th at the Memorial Building. They always have a tremendous conference. And the Minnesota Department of Agriculture hosting the State Organic Conference. That will be held January 5th and 6th. That's going to be held in St. Cloud among their keynote speakers, Sarah Vogel, the author attorney from North Dakota. Have yourself a great day. Stay warm if you can. This is the Red River Farm Network.